0: Hello, this is Rev. John Harfouch, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouch Ministries Podcast. We have a message for you today from Apostle Dr. Robin Harfouch. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com, and join us every week for the Christian Harfouch Ministries Podcast. Now, before I get ahead of myself, um, I'm going to Stay in restraint mode so that I can share something with you that is very uh, dear to my life. I was um, baptized as a child. Roman Catholic, but I was really little. Um, All I remember is crying. (laughs) And then, because my mother, who is from Fayetteville, the oldest daughter of ten children, um. Had left home at 15 and had married a military guy. And the reason was that her father was 49 years old and her mother was 19. And uh, my mom today is 88 years young. And healthy. Uh, And um, her father was abusive. And the first guy that she met or she came across, she left with him. They married because she was from the South. And he was military they were moved to California and in California by the time my mother was 19 she had already had two children and that is my older brother and my older sister and that was from her first husband he left her she ended up in federal housing um, she didn't have a high school diploma. Um, she a uh, cocktail waitress at night tried to take care of the kids during the day and uh, she lived in a place called federal Terrace and um, and um she took care of my older brother and my older sister, and then she was cocktail waitressing at night while going to school and um to get her g e d and um so when she got um her g e d she got a better job but still lived in federal housing. And then she met my father who happened to be a wealthy guy and actually a cheerleader, which is interesting, head cheerleader in his university. But my mother never told me I was from the South. And it's very difficult to hide a Southern accent, but she taught herself out of it because she felt that people around her regarded her as ignorant. Because she was from a, how she would say it, a po white family. You know, her, her father had the, the thing in the basement where you made liquor. And he was altogether a bad man. She got away from the oldest of ten children. So by the time I was born and my mother and father were married, my mother had, had, had just lost her southern roots, had lost her Fayetteville accent. I actually have 300 relatives in Fayetteville. I've preached for some of them. (laughs) And she decided because of the business end of things, because my father was in real estate and she was in real estate, that they would join the Roman Catholic Church because that's where all the business people went in the city. And uh, so they baptized me and at that baptismal I don't remember it I I have pictures of it I was cute I remember that (laughs) they sprinkled me and I thank God for that baptism because those words were spoken over me that were given to the church by Jesus Christ and and I didn't know the vessel that spoke those words, but they were spoken. There's not one word that's spoken over you that'll not be effective. And um, then the priest, who was um, um, very involved with the nuns, And a heavy drinker. They found out that my mother had a previous marriage, and so they kicked her out of the church. Well, there goes my Christian education. <laughs> so I never even knew anything. That I knew I got baptized. I, I, I saw the pictures. That was it. My mother decided that that God is an ethereal personality, that God is everywhere, that there's good spirits and that there's bad spirits, but that there is no one way to God, that that is a very narrow-minded and um, uh, old-fashioned. I never even spoke to my grandmother Um, until I was in my late 20s after I'd received the Lord. (laughs) I didn't even know I was from the South. Here I am again. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, and, and my mother is an incredible woman. I mean, she's 88 years old. She's strong. She's, she's born again now through our ministry, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Um, loves Jesus with all her heart. And um, I can speak to her so well now um, because I couldn't speak to her when I first got born again. But I went into Hollywood at 18 years old, and <laughs> basically um, did everything you can do in Hollywood. Look at somebody say, "In Hollywood, you got to pay your dues," and you know. And uh, so I earned a degree while I was being trained as a professional uh, jazz, tap, and and ballet dancer, and uh, also a vocalist, and also an actress, but I earned a degree in journalism and public relations and theater. When I was 20 years old, I was cast out of 500 girls who auditioned for a part, in a series called Solid Gold. Yeah. And, you know, I I was about it. You know, I mean, that wasn't the... I, I mean, it was a good job. It was a good job. But... Um, you know, it. I did commercials, 50 naf- national commercials. Some of you that are old enough, I've probably sold you everything from tacos to ice cream. <laughs> I just had that kind of face. You know, they want to put food in it. <laughs> well, you know, I ended up climbing the ladder pretty fast and... Um, I started studying spiritualism because I, I had no uh, upbringing in the church. And I didn't believe in heaven, and I didn't believe in hell. I just thought earth is it, and there are good people and bad people, and there are good spirits and bad spirits, and um, that's just the way it is. And there's a lot of people out there in the world right now that are caught up in that same place. And actually the church right now is in a backslidden condition. Don't shout me down because I'm just talking to you tonight. And they're, 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 they're too easy on everybody. Because I know as a new ager you can get right up in the house of God and fit right in. Because you're Spiritual. You're a positive talker, you're a positive thinker. You read books on, on positive affirmation and and healing. And I'm I'm giving some of you an education and some of you are just nodding at me and going, Oh my god, I I I I I'm meeting Doctor Robin for the first time. I realized that that we had so many new women that I hadn't even said hello. I just came up and started moving in the spirit as if you would understand. (laughs) And you do, and you have, and we're moving, but we're not done. So, uh, anyway, uh, my parents were fine with me being in Hollywood and, 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 uh, my manager managed, and you know some of this stuff is going to go like way over your head that the, anybody that's younger than 40 probably won't remember any of the people I'm about to talk to about but anybody that, that is above 40 and maybe knows a little bit about something just don't say amen but you know <laughs> Anyway, my manager only managed uh, three people. One of them was Michael Jackson. Now you remember that. He was vice president of the largest theatrical agency in the entire world, and he had decided that I was going to become a spokeswoman for the New Age movement. Hit the person next to me and say, Wake up, she's just getting started. So I went to training sessions. I listened to people teach. I read books. I studied manuals. I did what they told me to do. And you're going to think, wow, that's like really freaky. No, it was very similar to church. It was so similar that it was just a minute little bit off. Off. You know, it's almost like, it's, it's almost like if the church doesn't become the church, then we will be infiltrated by people that are full of devils. And, and, and listen, you know what? The devil can get cast out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if people don't want the devil cast out, then we got to cast them out. You may be seated. Now, I was being trained up to... Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I was being trained up to have a talk show to interview people with my attitude about this new age religion, which was everything, which is anti-church, which is anti-God, which is uh, 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 anti-theocracy. in other words, God is God. God is in heaven. God is the Father. Nobody argues with God. You're making me preach a little bit or I'm trying to tell you a story. You know, like right now, it's like everybody thinks that they can argue with the hierarchy of the rank of the kingdom. As if this is some type of a democracy where we get to put in a vote. You can vote, baby, vote with your feet. I mean, I'm not being mean, I'm just saying, if it ain't for you, then go find something that's for you. Look, you are not looking at a person that hasn't been completely and totally changed. I would say that the person that I was the closest to or the most like was Mary Magdalene. And now I stand up here in all my holiness... that is a free gift of grace that I did not earn but you know when you don't know what you're doing is sin and there's nobody out there willing to tell you it's sin then you just keep on May be seated now this is not my favorite thing to share but the Lord knows what he wanted me to do actually it's 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 less trepidation for me to approach the the holy desk of God and break the word or move in the miraculous than it is to tell you about who I That person is that died on August 23rd, 1985. (laughs) You may be seated. So, what I'm seeing now from knowing what I knew before is the church. Or you can call it events. You know some 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 people just go from one event to another event yeah. They, they're not plugged in anywhere. They don't have a father in the faith. They don't have a mother in the faith. They're, they're all by themselves, them and their Bible. And they're going to go to whatever event they want and act up however they want to act up. And in the meantime, their children are watching Netflix and on YouTube. And God knows what they're looking at. Forgive me for bringing my story to you tonight to use my personal story as an example of what the church is slipping into. This is not a plan that was made five years ago, ladies and gentlemen. I know pastors today that want to give up because they lost their people to jeans and flip-flops and hippie living and going from event to event. Well, I can be Christian all on my own. Well, that's not what the Apostle Paul said. He said, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as is the manner of some. Why? Because there's safety in the family. You may be seated. Now, I'm in my 20s. You know and I don't know why at 21 years old you just think you know everything about everything I mean you could debate with the best of them 21 18 16 15 I mean you you, you know it all you know you just know it all and I wasn't an, I, I, I was a I was a hard worker you know I I, I trained 25 hours a week I was with with American Dance Company I toured I went all over the world I was on on theater I was in in stage I I, I was constantly in 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 uh, you know around people that were famous I mean celebrities and when we came I came to the Lord thank God And when I came to the Lord, the Lord spoke to Dr. Harfouche when we lived in Arrowhead, California. And he said, I have called my preachers to become ambassadors, but they have become celebrities. Oh, you can't fake me out. I know what you sold to get that. Help me now. Help me now. Help me now. Help me now. Now, some of you, and, 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 and this is not, you know, m- my favorite subject, but, but you know, um, uh, my mother, you know, and my father, they had, she had the two children from the first marriage, then my brother and I from the second. And, uh, there wasn't enough money for, even though my dad was, 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 you know, the wealthiest person she'd ever met, you know, uh, but there wasn't enough money for all of us. So they said we could send Robin to live with the grandparents and we got a lot of grandmas up in here that have kids living with them that you're taking care of so it's not an unusual thing and i and i liked where my grandparents lived they lived we had a vineyard in Napa Valley beautiful but i was a child and and you know you you get sent somewhere when you're 4 years old or you're 5 years old and 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 i'm a child And my grandmother was an amazing woman is in heaven now because of our ministry. Thank God you can give the Lord a shout out for that. She lived to be a hundred years old. It's just, it's just an out in the field, cutting the grapes and riding a motorcycle. But during the depression, she was about forty years old, and um, they they had come from from uh, the northern part of Italy in Switzerland. Her father and bought a bunch of property in Napa Valley, and and it's it's incredibly gorgeous. And uh, but she was a butcher during the depression. So she never went without. She fed other people, and then she had the ranch. And so, you know, there's the, you know, you eat the tomatoes right off the ground. You just wash them, and, you know, that's what she had. But she needed a work hand, so she married a man 15 years younger than her. So you're talking about during the depression, she was forty he was twenty five but she needed somebody to work the ranch a hundred acres. she couldn't do it by herself. Well, he ended up being a pervert and um and his his uh <laughs> His thing was my grandmother at at the time where I got moved up there, my grandmother worked nights as a telephone operator and he would come in my room. So from the time I was probably five years old till I was about 14, I was abused. And when I became of the age of a woman, I ran, but I was told that if I told anybody that it would break up their marriage and that it would break up the marriage of my mother and my father and that everything would be my fault. So it was a bad situation. And when I, when I finally got back home I got I went back with my mother and my father I got my own job I got my own car and I was already gone at 17 because stuff had happened and I think if I would have you know told my mother at that time my mother was the type of woman she would have killed him you know and my grandmother didn't want to know, I don't think. But a lot of people go through those type of experiences from uncles and, you know, uh, grandparents. Not all grandparents, but you know what I'm saying. There's some bad people in the world. And to take, take advantage of an innocent child is, is about the worst thing that you could do. And it's it, it takes its toll emotionally, and it scars the person um, deeply in a place where they do not understand what love is. And so in Hollywood, you know, I didn't consider myself to be um, bad. Everybody was doing the same thing I was doing, you know. And, uh, and I was working my way up the ladder and one day I was about eight years in, I was just about ready to do my first lead role in a film. And my manager sat me down and he said, uh, you need to move out of your apartment Now, you understand, I had no physical relationship with this man. He was an older uh, gentleman. I I had no physical relationship with him. That was not what was going on. He wanted me to quit my, because I was teaching. So when I wasn't working, I would teach pros, teach professionals. I taught a lot of actors. (laughs) They can't dance. lot of singers too they can't dance either but I taught a lot of them and um, so he said to me that one particular day I'll never forget it I had bought a Porsche myself I was pretty proud of that and I was making thousands of dollars a week and um, I could pretty much do anything I wanted but he lived in a mansion in Beverly Hills, a huge mansion in Beverly Hills with a butler. And there was one whole sign he didn't use of the mansion. So he opens up a safe and he shows me stacks of $100 bills. And I'd already been working with him for eight years. Stacks of $100 bills. And then. He says, catch, and he throws some keys to me, and it's the keys to a brand new red Jaguar sports car. And he said, look, he goes, I need you 24-7. If we're going to do this thing, you know, if you're going to be the mouthpiece for the new age, I got to get you famous fast. Fast. Because this is a agenda, a global agenda, and we need to initiate it. And the only way people are going to listen to you is if you are a celebrity. You have to be famous. So I looked at him and I said, I got my own place. I'm making good money. You know, I I I I don't want that money in that safe. I don't want you buying all my clothes. I don't. I I was. He wasn't a sugar daddy. He was an entertainment manager. So, at that moment, I basically looked at him and said no, and I walked down. No. To what everybody is selling their soul for even preachers I am sorry but when you have been there and done that you know what you're talking about the devil will say I will lay out the kingdoms of this world all you have to do is bow down and worship me Don't get upset at me if I'm talking about your favorite sitcom. (laughs) Nothing has hurt the church more than finding out what Christian preachers buy and how they live at home on a reality show. It has hurt the church because people think everybody is like that. People think there's nobody good anymore. There's nobody holy anymore. Look, I wasn't a wannabe. I was a bee. But I said no because I could tell that I was selling my soul to the devil. And I didn't even know there was a devil. So you're telling me those preachers out there and those singers that should be in the church, they have sold their soul to the devil. And they are doing it because there is a global agenda to destroy the church. Don't shout me down. I am a delivered prophet of the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I couldn't believe it when one day, because I don't have I don't have time to, to to look at things. You know, I'm 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 always focusing on where we're going next. I've had my feet on the ground in a hundred countries. We have four hundred and fifty-one thousand four hundred and thirty-eight graduates of International Miracle Institute. Yeah. All I see is training and flying and miracles and people getting set free from devils and healed. I don't have time to look around the television stations. You may be seated. Somebody said, well, Dr. Robin, you need to have a little grace. You know what? I have grace. I have patience. But when I see and hear of pastors, they're just calling me and they're saying, you know, I'm losing all my young people. And they're good pastors. They want to quit. My heart goes out to them because I know the plan. See, I know the agenda, I know what it's about. And so, 28 years old, I walked out on my management. One week later, I was in Sonny Bono's restaurant, that's Cher's ex husband, and a 150 pound utility door came off as hinges slammed in the back of my skull. Why? Because I knew too much. And I've kept quiet about it, but you know what, with what I see right now going on in the church world, especially in America, I will not stay quiet any longer. And listen, you know, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our holiness is determined by the Lord. You may be seated. The world wants to tell you that you're old fashioned. The world wants to tell you that ain't the way it is anymore. The world wants to tell you that your preacher is a celebrity who flies around in a G5. Who, who's got, who I don't care about all the money. They can have all the money they want. But preach the gospel. Yeah don't preach some watered down lukewarm message that anybody could walk in on and there's no conviction on it and there's nobody coming to the altar to receive Jesus and there's nobody wanting to get water baptized because you know what the devil is real there is a hell to be shunned and there is a heaven to be had the women are going to do this next move of God you may be seated now listen you, you know it would be different if I was a has been but my resume just you know, reads for itself. I turned the devil down when he said, when he said, when he said to the Lord Jesus in the wilderness, here, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. Here they are right here. All you got to do is bow down and worship me. And I didn't even know there was a devil, but something on the inside of me said, I am being bought and I will be owned and I will become a product and I will be used and abused and I am not going to do that. You may be seated. So I walked out. And then one week later, the devil tried to kill me. It's a supernatural thing that happened. It doesn't make any sense. 150 pound utility door in Sonny Bono's restaurant right in the, in the bar area came off its hinges. 150 pounds of metal came down and hit the back of my skull and I ended up on the ground and the next thing I remember, I am in a hospital bed with tubes in my arms and tubes everywhere. And I come to after about six weeks. I don't play church. I don't play church and uh, so 23 doctors you could look at the medical reports 23 doctors said after 6 months I'm in a wheelchair after 6 months that I would never would never wa- walk and uh you know, I I'd, I'd been in the hospital, you know, they give you all kinds of drugs. I was on morphine and Dimrol and then Percocet and you know, Pergadan, I don't know whatever. But but every 45 minutes I would go into a grand mal seizure, which meant that I couldn't drive ever again. So they said, "Do you want to go home and stay with your parents and I was just the kind of person you got to understand when you come up on your own when you got to protect your own family from somebody who's in it when you got to protect the other children from somebody who's in your own family you come up on your own and you grow up way fast You grow up too fast. And you take responsibility for everything that happened to you as if you made it happen. And I don't know how a five-year-old or or, or a four-year-old or a three-year-old or a two-year-old could make anything that vile happen. It's impossible. You're not sexy when you're two years old. So um, I'm in a wheelchair, and uh, my doctor, I had 23 doctors, went through all kinds of rehab. They tried to get me to feel my legs again. I couldn't write my name. I couldn't write, my, I couldn't write a check, couldn't open a door, didn't know how to turn the doorknob. The motor ability in my brain had been disconnected from the rest of my body. And you know, that whole time I was in the hospital, (laughs) after I came out of the coma, I was thinking, all those positive affirmations that I read in those books, all my positiveness, you know, self-help books, positive, just positive stuff positive stuff that is not filled with Christ is useless (laughs) forgive me for being a champion of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I mean I'd rather things be positive than negative but when when you just sell out And you stop preaching the blood and you stop preaching the cross and you stop bringing people to the altar. There's no conviction in your message. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you right now, ladies, it is a agenda to hurt America because America is the breadbasket to the world. More missionaries go out from here than anywhere else. I went out from here to a hundred different nations and I will not stop going out. You may be seated. And so they said, do you want to go to your, you know, to your parents' house? They'll take care of you. And I thought, there's no way. I am going to be a burden on my family. You just have to understand what kind of person I was. Did it all my way. Took responsibility for all of it. And I just said, no, I'm not doing that to my mother and my father. I'm not going to go home in a wheelchair and doing seizures and addictive prescription medication. I'm not doing that to my mother and my father. Got down to 80-something pounds. Just just bone. And, and in a wheelchair. And... Uh, I went to my Hollywood apartment. I had them outfitted, you know, with the wheelchair ramp. And they taught me how to make a cup of coffee and live from the wheelchair, go from the wheelchair into the shower, take a shower, how to brush my teeth from the wheelchair. All that took just six months of rehab. Then when they let me go, it's amazing, because on uh, on the medical diagnosis, they said... Uh, We're concerned about her. We might need to send her to a psychologist because of her positive attitude. It seems like she's not accepting reality. I thank God that I got water baptized when I was a baby. You know, it, it took... I was protected and and uh, I was in my apartment right underneath the Hollywood sign and um, a phone rang and it was a friend friend of mine who was in a rock and roll band named the knack he was a bass player he was a Jewish guy who'd gotten born again in a Presbyterian church He wore black leather, had long black hair, drove a black BMW, and I had no idea he was saved. I didn't even know what saved meant. (laughs) But God knows who to send you. You know. God knows who to send you. So Prescott says to me, you know, he says... uh, will you come to church with me tonight? And I was like, what? <laughs> and, I, and already that day, it was August 23rd, 1985. I decided I was going to take an overdose and go to sleep because I didn't know about hell and um, I thought that was the easiest thing to do rid everybody of the responsibility of having to take care of me and stop the pain. Well, he calls and uh, he says, Will you come to church with me? And I said, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> Maybe some of you are here right now and you had that same experience. <laughs> And um, so it takes me three hours to get ready. Anybody that's been in a wheelchair understands what I'm talking about. Nothing really works, you know, so it takes you so long to get ready. And then, and then um, the church was three, three blocks straight down the hill. And uh, the wild part was was the moment I said yes, I felt this hot fire all over my body. And, you know, it was as if the Lord of glory sent his angels and kicked the demons out and said, she said, yes. (laughs) You know, and um, because church to me meant bondage. You know, it just meant I didn't know church, never been in one, except at the beginning. I don't remember it. And uh, so he calls me. He's on the 405 freeway, and he calls from one of those telephone, and he's like, my car's broken down. I can't get you. I can't come pick you up. And I felt like I got to get there. I don't know what's going on, but I gotta get there. Something was telling me, you gotta get there, you gotta get there, you gotta get there, you gotta get there. You know, something was telling me, you know, get up, girl. So I, you know, I got dressed to the best of my ability, and I I wheeled my wheelchair out to my Porsche. I don't know if you've ever seen real low sports cars. It's just like the the ground is like right there, and then the car is right there. I pulled myself up out of my wheelchair, dragged myself on that cement, and got in that car, which hadn't been driven, because I wasn't supposed to drive. Especially on thirteen Percocet a day. And when your arms and your legs don't work and you have a stick shift and a gear and all that stuff. Hit the person next to you and say, Glory, glory, glory. Something was going on. Somebody was helping me get to church. someone and uh, you know so the, the church happened to be three blocks straight down Gower and those of you know LA you know I mean Gower Sunset Boulevard I had to go through both of them and I couldn't put the brakes on so you know I just coasted on down there just all the traffic stopped on Gower which it never stops all the traffic stopped on Sunset which it never stops and 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 I just kind of right in front of the church (laughs) and then it occurs to me I forgot my wheelchair I mean, see, God can get a hold of you so good that you won't even think in the natural. God will start moving stuff around. Circumstances will change. You'll do things that you don't even think are possible. And then you'll find yourself in the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. well i look I look up at Wiley Chapel, which is a chapel, which is a smaller chapel next to the big Presbyterian Church that seats three thousand people, and on Friday nights, they had a special life in the Spirit class for Presbyterians that spoke in tongues. That was what he'd invited me to <laughs> Amen, I would have probably just been blessed in the Presbyterian Church, but I mean. So the man standing outside, his name was Christian Harvus, <laughs> and he he called a few people, and all of a sudden I had some big arms pulling me. You maybe see it it gets better (laughs) and I had some see, see there is nobody in our life that is beyond salvation as for me in my house we shall be saved God will move heaven and earth to save your loved ones your family will be saved and all the grandchildren and the great grandchildren all of them will be saved you you may be seated you have several more moments or am I boring you now in uh Several strong arms got a hold of me, and they helped me, uh, you know, up to the door because I didn't have my wheelchair. And then, you know, they opened up the, the doors, and um, I got hit by a lightning bolt. And you got to understand, I'm explaining this as good as I can explain it something hit me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet went inside me so deep I didn't know that place even existed I started sweating I started shaking and it wasn't a grand mal seizure it was the glory of the Lord Way on the on the inside i felt this well i felt something that had never opened up in my entire life start opening up and baby it was a gusher I mean, it started coming up out of the inside of me. I was crying. I was sobbing. I was so on fire. People next to me were saying, Are you all right? Do you want us to take you home? I couldn't even say anything. It just all came up out of me. I was caught up in the glory of Almighty God. Because that's what prayer will do. You may be seated. See, I believe women are God's secret weapon. I truly believe that. And uh, I'm there, and uh, Christian Harfouche is there, his mother is there. <clears throat> Christine, and his older, oldest brother, uh, uh, Frankie, and then his middle brother, uh, Joseph August, was there. They were all there. And then there was about 50 Presbyterians that prayed in tongues. It was a huge meeting. (laughs) should have been broadcast live on television. The singer knew three chords and sang the same songs over and over again to the same chords. <clears throat> but that didn't bother me. I mean, I'm right off Hollywood Boulevard right now. I mean, ladies, I mean, Hollywood Boulevard is just right to my left. I'm right next to Sunset Boulevard. There's like, there's like drug addicts and homeless people and, and everything wandering all over the place. And when I looked around me, even though I was caught up in the glory, I thought, what am I doing here? It's weird, isn't it, how you can be caught up in the glory and still think stupid. And, and you know, maybe that's just me. Maybe nobody else has ever had that experience. But, you know... And and nobody in there had ever seen anything like what would happen, What was happening to me? They never, just never saw anything like that. They just, they just knew, you know. So Christian Arfush was there with a, a, an elderly gentleman. They were team ministering together, and I don't know what he preached. <laughs> I really don't. But all of a sudden, I was there. I was caught up in the glory I knew there was a devil I knew there was a heaven I knew that Jesus Christ is the only way to God I knew that everything that I had been involved in was the devil and that I was translated out of one kingdom into another and it happened instantaneously (laughs) and you know at the end of the meeting you know how they do right you may be seated in the end of the meeting they said that there's somebody here that needs salvation I don't think that it was a word of knowledge <laughs> I don't think that it was a word of wisdom I, I don't think there was any prophecy going on in there I think it was just me just caught up in the glory getting delivered of every manner of devil and every manner of disease that had afflicted me and and when they said, you know, do you want to get saved and and, and everybody turned and looked at me, you know, 50, fifth 50, 50, fifty people. <laughs> like it's you, go up there. <laughs> so immediately some helpful people came and, and they they helped me up there. I didn't know why I was going forward. But but I, I knew that, that you know that I was supposed to go forward and I knew there was nobody else in the whole place that needed to go forward but me. <laughs> I was convinced inside, but they were all totally convinced. <laughs> So I, you know, I, 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 I do that. And uh, the man that's ministering with, the, with Christian Arfushi just said, God's healing you. And he just went like that. He just waved at me. Now I flew back in the air like you had catapulted me off of some kind of trampoline. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody led me to the Lord. Nobody did nothing. They just, I just flew up in the air and then hit the ground. And I screamed Shouted Cried I guess I heard that there were a lot of miracles that happened around me But I was out in the glory for 45 minutes And it was not a quiet deliverance It was one of those ones that you had to know Oh that's God That's just God see some people are qualified and they can tell what's God and sometimes it's the flesh you know and you just got to be qualified to know the difference I wasn't trying to get attention my intentions were pure I met Jesus and uh, so after I don't know 45 minutes a woman comes over to me and she wraps her arms around me she said it's okay baby that's just Jesus. I'm thinking, all this is Jesus. Well, the, the man that was ministering with Christian with, uh, Arfu said, well, let's stand her up. <laughs> I don't think they knew. I didn't come in a wheelchair. I stood up. All the pain was out of my body. I was sober. I mean, I'd been on 13, 14 pain meds that day. I was sober, totally, completely sober. Um, You know, everything in my body. I mean, I'd been in so much pain that even anything they gave you for pain wasn't enough. And uh, everything in my body was totally fine. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you just, you're crippled one minute and the next minute you're perfect. You can lift your hands and give the Lord a shout. Well, um, you may be seated. And that was 34 years ago, uh, Friday. And um, they just sat me down in a chair. Nobody really knew anything about me. I didn't really know anything about anybody else. But the gentleman that was ministering gave me a card, and he said, if you need anything, call this number. My wife and I are at this number, you know. And um, I drove home. It's um, it's like when Jesus was on the way to heal the young twelve year old girl, and the woman with the issue of blood had you know gotten a hold of him and gotten her a miracle, and he protected her. We talked about that, but right at that moment, someone came from where the little girl was and said... Don't trouble the Master, she's dead. And Jesus' response was Fear not, only believe. And you know, he covered that, Father. And he went to that house. He personally kicked out everybody in there. He took Peter, James, and John with them because they'd been on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw him transfigured. <laughs> they saw the glory of the Lord and uh, the mother and the father. And our Lord just said to that dead girl, See, when the world says it's the end. When the medical community doesn't know what to do anymore. Any dead end situation in our life is not a dead end. Because we have two commands. Fear not. Only believe. Fear not, only believe. Now, people think that that man's, you know, Jairus, the father of the little girl, that his attitude didn't matter in her resurrection because we're talking about Jesus, you know. But his attitude mattered See every one of us that's working in cooperation for a miracle our attitude matters yeah. And if we if we allow the enemy to speak into our life at a weak point and we let him make us afraid then you might as well just let the devil in because fear is his open door Jesus said fear not only believe and Jairus took that and believed it he went with the Lord and they said to the young girl in Aramaic in Mark Talitha Kumi or get up girl and then the Lord looked at the parents and said feed her give her something to eat see everybody else thought she was dead they all thought it was a dead end situation that there was nothing that could be done about it but there doesn't get a situation any worse I know that wasn't proper English but a situation doesn't get any worse than when a person is dead but you'll see in the scriptures where it said and the women had their dead brought back to life again The women had their dead brought back to life again. Why is it the women? Because that woman wasn't going to let go of that dead child, the Shunammite. She said, that child is not dead. Elijah, you come take care of this situation. Got a hold of the feet of the prophet and said, come raise my baby. There's something about women. I'm telling you right now. Women will lift a car up off of a child. They will move in superhuman strength. And not only superhuman strength, but superhuman faith. You may be seated. Do you have several more moments? So you say, Doctor Robin? Now, how did you get from you know um, from um, the, the, that situation to where you're at right now? I mer- married the preacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all jumped up about David. Somebody says, somebody says, man, you, you, you really needed Jesus, you know? I, people used to tell me that, you know? You know, because I'd give my testimony a lot at the beginning. Cause it, and, and you got a few more minutes? Like, just a few more. Just like 12 more minutes? Okay. Hit the person next to you and say, she's delivered. Don't be concerned about it. Friday is, is, uh, Dr. My 33rd wedding anniversary. Right. Hallelujah. And, uh, we coveted for 50 more years. So we're going to be around a while. we will going to be 88 years young, married, 88 years. Hallelujah. But um, what do you do when you have a miracle and you don't know anything? I mean, you don't know anything. You don't know the difference between a, a, a Baptist or a, a Presbyterian or a Catholic or an Orthodox or or Episcopalian or Church of God in Christ or Church of God not in Christ or (laughs) assemblies of God you got four square, five square and eight square we don't know you know, you got Elevate Church, Radiant Church, Upper Room Church, First Church of the Pentecostal Experience. I mean, especially if you go to Philadelphia, those those churches have long names. I'm telling you right now. As First Church of John the Baptist before he baptized Jesus Christ the Nazarene. I'm sorry, but it's true. I, I'm not making fun. I love Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. We preach in Philadelphia. That, that's where I met Pastor Lamar, Philadelphia, when he was 21 years old. Hallelujah. Now he's 23 So what do you do, you know, when you have a miracle? And then what do you do if you're extremely spiritual? That's always been the people I've been very attracted to. I've never been attracted to heady people, um, you know, people that have a lot of head knowledge but but can't get anybody delivered. You know, I mean, they they could quote the scripture, you know, they could, they could minister. it. I'm telling you, I have been around some women. Mm, you're just embarrassed to get up after them. They could preach so good, but then they close the book and walk off the platform, take their Louis Vuitton and get their offering, you know, and then I come up and the, the minister says to me, you know, in in and, uh, Mirrors' this church, and and says to me, "Will you give your testimony and work in miracles?" I'm like, "What? I'm supposed to follow those five preachers? Those women just preach. They preach the hair off my body. My God, <laughs> you know. I mean, they could preach so good." And you want me just to get up here and, and 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 give my little testimony, and you want me to do miracles and cast out devils. Well, uh, I, I looked over. I, Why you want me to do that? She said, "Cause they didn't do it. They just." You know, so I had to get my, like, I had to get my, like, courage up, you know. Because when you follow somebody that's a woman that can minister... Like that, I mean i'm telling you that was that that I mean the word is up, up and down and sideways, and the Greek and the Hebrew, and it's all put together, so amazing you're just standing there with your mouth open, agaw at how incredibly wonderful the hermeneutics of that young woman is and then and then she just gets her Louis Vuitton and just walks off the platform. Now I'm sitting up on the platform. I got five African-American women that could preach the hair off of me. And I'm a white Barbie doll sitting there. And then the pastor turns over, Bishop turns over and says, now you go get them healed and delivered. Now, I mean, I have nothing to do with African-American, but I'm just being straight up. You know, there's some African-American women that come preach. They could preach, too, you know, and, and I know a lot of them. You know, you've been around 34 years in the Lord. You preach with a lot of people. I know one white woman that could preach really well. And look, this I'm not talking about teaching. I'm not talking about teaching. I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about preaching. I'm talking about... I like preaching. I'm not really into teaching. <laughs> like, you know... Like if somebody gets up and wants to teach me how to be a better mother and teach me how to cook a recipe or something You know, I just feel like I, I'm just like can I go back to my room and fast and pray before my meeting, you know Now this is not about race Okay, I I told you, you know, I am married. I'm in a multicultural marriage, you know my husband is not white; he's brown, and my daughter is. Uh, what are you? She's beautiful. And stand up, They know you, right? And then, and then, my son just married LaKeisha. Stand up, you're there. She's called to preach. And they went to they, they went somewhere for their honeymoon. They just got back and bless their heart, they came right back into work and she just got darker and he got whiter. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't mean that against any, any race, Hispanic. Look, God designed everything. I can't like, you know, Well, you seem like more partial to one race than another. No, I'm just partial to Holy Ghost. I, I, I mean, you know, I'd rather have you shout me down than, than have you nod your head. You know, I'd rather have you stand up the whole meeting on the front row while I'm preaching and just be like. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with race. We minister all over the world and, and you know, we, we think in America, we, all, we think two colors in America. And, and, you know, when you go to India, there's orange people, green People, green, not slightly olive, like khaki pants, green. So when you minister, you have to realize that the creator of the universe who made the, the, the flowers and who made, you know, the, the beautiful birds that we look at. And, and who made, Christy mentioned the lilies this morning. Consider the lilies. That he, he is colorful. Right? Now I can't help it that I like preaching better than teaching. Now I like I don't mind anointed teaching. You know what I'm saying? But but I'd rather just I, I, I'm just like preaching I just like preaching I don't know what it is I like it It it, it makes something move on the inside of me I, I feel like I'm getting something You know Not getting a cold shower I feel like I'm getting something You know <laughs> Forgive me I'm trying to back myself up Out of a racial problem here look when my babies were born my first one came out olive my husband's from you know like uh, over there and she came out olive like almost green but perfect in every way except she didn't have one bit of hair on her body cause she came early she's always been pushing she's always been trying to get early she came early whereas her brother he's you know he got a prophecy (laughs) he got a prophecy over him that he was a slow grower when that prophet said that I was like take it back take it back (laughs) and he's totally white and I have have a became out white full grown he didn't want to come out he was like I am so comfortable in here (laughs) I had to force vacation. i just say, you, you, you got to leave now. You're almost nine pounds. Get out. <laughs> but I have a picture by my bedside that, that my daughter and my son gave me. And it's of me holding them. They won't allow it to be seen because I'm in a bathing suit. But you can't see the bathing suit. I think that's the reason they won't allow it to be seen. I'm sitting I'm sitting on a, t- a lawn chair, right? All happy about being in the ministry. Got two babies 13 months apart. That's fast, right? Sitting here in my bikini, right? In my backyard, all private. I got one on one side, and she's the oldest, and she is dark. She's not, it's not like she's dark, dark, but it's just because the other one is so white <laughs> that it literally makes her look darker, you know? And, um, and he's just like hanging out, you know? And, uh, and then she's got this look on her face like, She said, "Why did I look like that?" I said, "You were just looking into the future, you know." <laughs> what was Rev doing? Rev was six months old, thinking about when am I gonna get fed again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can't all marry David. <laughs> you can't all marry the the, the, the preacher. But, my, but, but Dr. Arafush is, is a teacher, preacher, prophet, um, and, and he taught me. I'm taking too long here. Well, he taught me, and, and, and um, you know, I couldn't understand. We'd go to these uh, ministry functions, and they would come up to us, and at the time, you know, I'm dating myself here. Um, At the time, they'd say, do you have a cassette tape of your ministry so that we could view your preaching or your ministry so we can decide whether we'd like to have you come to our church or not? (laughs) And I'd say, you want what? Why don't you go pray and ask God? What is wrong with you? Doesn't God talk to you? What is this, an audition? I've done that. Been there. So he, you know, he taught me, and 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 uh, we went into the ministry together, and we had full time. We were full time, which meant we just had a lot of time. But we knew we were called. To the nations and Doc would go out on this big rock and he'd prophesy I'm coming I'm coming I'm coming and I'd sit him down after he was up all night studying and he three and a half years the God revelation came and of course we were ministering at that time 50 churches a year from Sunday through Thursday come home change clothes grab the kids go out again so they've been, they've been, one time my son brought a beanie baby snake on the road. Because, you know, I, you got to give them stuff to entertain them, you know. I, didn't, I always checked out the nurseries. I'd walk in, I'd be like, ooh, no. Um, what did they put? They put the bad people back here? I'm not leaving my kids here, you know. So I put them on the front row. Not here. You know. And uh, I, I put my kids on the front row, and they, they were real, became real good artists. You know, because they had a pad and a paper and coloring books and things like that. And I remember one time we went on the road, and and um, you know we'd go on the road with the crusade team, twelve, thirteen people. We still do that. And 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 Rev brought a beanie baby snake that was probably about I don't know uh, seven, eight, nine feet long. I don't know how he fit everything into that backpack, but he would get stuff in the backpack. It's the funniest thing to to see his his life story because he kept track, and it's just like getting on airplane, getting off an airplane, getting on airplane, getting off an airplane. And he would he would stay asleep in the morning, and I'd have a nanny because we'd have morning meetings and night meetings, and he'd stay asleep. And one day he was asleep, and he left that snake in that bed. That made woo. She was screaming. <laughs> I raised him on the road, both of them. And um, see, when you when you know that you're called by God, and you start with just God. you know that everything that He's done, that skyscraper of track record, that He will never, ever not come through. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouch Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today, Connect with us at GlobalRevival.com and we'll see you next week.